here with uh, my brother-in-law, Chuck Jeffers. Uh, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> doing good, buddy. Uh, listen, we're just going to be short and quick with this tonight. Uh, testing out a few things, trying to get things up and running, but we're excited to be here. We're really excited about the podcast, and yeah, we think it's going to, I mean, we think uh, that this could be something that's very beneficial to a lot of people in our community, uh, to each other. If nothing really. else, it's going to be therapy it's, for it's us. It's going to be therapy <laughs> for me and Chuck. So, uh, basically, uh, I just want to talk to talk to you a little bit. I mean, how did we come up with the crossword? I mean, where did that come from? What? Yeah, so Caleb approached me, uh, you, you approached me with the, the idea for a podcast a little while back, and uh, it, which was kind of funny because it was something that I already thought about doing. Yeah. Like, I was like, you know, we need to, we need to do something. We had... Especially when quarantine hit back in the spring, we had done some recordings mm-hmm. for our, our youth at church, uh, and yeah. it was just kind of one of those things that's like, you know, that's great, uh, but man, if you look at iTunes and if you look at everything else, it's like long-form podcasts is blowing up like it's crazy. It's like, right now, yeah. Like, people just want it, and, and it can be about anything. Like, it can literally be, it can be about sports, food, hunting, you name so it. Many the most them. boring topic. But you put, you put people in front of a microphone and we're like, oh my goodness, this is great. Oh, yeah, this we're is just entertainment. Like, but that's, I think that's what makes the Christianity version of the video podcast so good is because in my research, you know I mean? I found a lot of, there's tons of Christian podcasts. I mean, you could literally go on forever about Christian podcasts. Oh yeah. But yeah, I've listened to, to a lot of them on myself. Video podcasts, there, there's a lot of them, there's a ton of them, but there's not as many video podcasts that you would think right. that there is. That there is, and so that's what I, I can think of one in particular that I've listened to for a few years, and he just recently started. I think in the last year or so, mm-hmm. maybe doing uh, adding the YouTube where they have the video as well mm-hmm. instead of just the audio. So, so we were talking about that, and we um, Caleb a little more than I did. Uh, I, it's been a crazy year. I've been busy with my family and other stuff. So, but man, it's we started trying to think of a name. We had we had ideas of some things we wanted. <laughs> this went on for like days. <laughs> weeks <laughs> things we wanted to talk about and and um some ideas for w- what we wanted it to look like and kind of f- the feel for it and so we couldn't find anything that really fit the name for it and so um my really really good friend google helped me come up with the idea of crosswalk and so from there it just, and it was just the words there was nothing else with it but from there that kind of stuck out to me because I'm was, like, you know, i was totally a god thing though because i think it fits so. so perfectly i mean i think so i've had it in my head for years you know this idea of how cool it would be to have you know some kind of ministry that, that has something to do with crossing paths mm-hmm. this idea of two kingdoms this idea of the kingdom of heaven meeting the kingdom of man right, yeah. and the intersection of that and so when i saw that crosswalk i was like oh dude like that's the per- the crosswalk podcast like why not that'll be perfect it's like where real faith meets real life right. because that's what we're all that's that, that's that's the whole point that's what we want this entire journey of of being a Jesus follower to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want, I know you don't, we've talked about this a million times, like, I, I don't want Sunday to be all that my Jesus walk yeah, is. Yeah, I, I don't want life to consist of what happens on Sunday and nothing else. I mean, I want, you know, Jesus, because I love going to church. I, I really do, you know. I'm, I love the atmosphere of being around Christians and fellow believers. I love uh, worshiping and praising and all, and, and all these things, and it's, why confine ourselves to the building and to a, a one day of mm-hmm. this this awesomeness of being with God? Like, why would we not want to experience this every single day in our life? Like, why would this not become more of a daily 
routine for for more Christians, you know. And which I know there's a lot of people out there that that are very routine about their Christianity, and they they do live out their faith very well. But I I know from me personally, uh, that was where you know God had truly changed me because it was like, hey, what are you doing? I mean, you're going to church on Sundays, you're yeah. you're giving your tithe, you're reading your Bible, you know. But haven't I called you for so much more of that? I mean. Our pastor, uh, Pastor James, that preaches at uh, New Haven Baptist, he all the time says that Christians are living below their privilege, uh, and I just mm, think that's so yeah. true. I mean, we we are aren't even hardly grasping uh, the availability and the and the blessings and the world that God has created for us to live in uh, inside of Him. You know, what I mean, and when you live in a world that is destined and ordained. Uh, Christ-centered, living through you, your entire world changes. I mean, your entire world just yeah, flipped upside down. I mean, I think that's I think that's scripture. That's salvation. I mean, yeah, it flips yeah, your I mean, world absolutely. upside down. Like if we, that, that, that's the problem I see. And, that's, and that, again, you know, if you're listening, if you're watching, you know, some, every once in a while, I'll look your direction. Um, but uh, you know. If you're listening and you're watching one, we want to say thank you. It's awesome. I mean, I don't know why you would choose to listen to us, but hey, <laughs> hopefully we'll do something that you enjoy. But you might be offended from time to time. We're not going to set out to be offensive. Like, I know people... It, it offends ourselves. But it I offends mean, us. It, and so, like, yeah, if, not, we, if we don't come to... If we don't come to Scripture, if we don't come to God and, and on occasion are offended... I don't think we're looking that deeply at it, Absolutely. and I don't think we're letting it shine on us. And so we we don't set out to offend you, but sometimes, um, again, if you're offended by something, odds are we're, we've been offended by it exactly. as well. And that leads that leads us into a faith that can't be tested, can't be trusted. You know, I love Absolutely. that saying. I always yes. love that saying, and that just that goes without saying. A faith that can't be trusted can't or can't be tested can't be. Uh, trusted and so and that's that whole idea of real our faith, faith needs testing real life exactly real life. Is a test. It puts the, your faith to test. Like hello, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty was it? Twenty twenty is a four letter word now. Like it's it's bad. Oh, All right, it's like we're going around the we're going around at school at the office and be like, oh, twenty twenty. You know, it's like oh, stub my toe. Twenty twenty. Yeah, it, it's bad. We, we're gonna blame it for everything now. And so it's been a testing, like it's a test of everything yes. in your life. Yeah. And so if all of that testing doesn't touch your faith. Well, like, like we then said, how firm, is your, faith? How firm how, is your faith? If it can't be tested, can you really trust it? Exactly. Which you I know? think that I think that perfectly leads us into uh, really the main concept that we wanted to talk about today is is our idea of you know because our slogan is where real faith meets real life. The intersection between what is real life and and real faith and how do those two uh, work together? How do those two uh, uh, perfectly come together to create a life that is uh, Jesus-centered and Jesus-entangled throughout our lives. And so that term real faith, like what do we mean by real faith? That's really what we wanted to get to today is what do we mean Well, when we say real faith? I think I'm losing part of my headset. Yeah, real faith. So um, I, a little bit about me. You know, I've, I've done the uh, youth at New Haven for a number of years now, and I remember going through and doing a series through the book of James. Yeah. And I love James. You know, we're talking, this is literally the brother of Jesus. Yeah. James James is not, you can ask anybody, I always tell you, like when they ask me. For like, years. Hey, I can attest to this. What's for your, years. What's your favorite book of the Bible? I'm like, James. Like, it's like Immediate. no thought like James. Because like, 
I, I just love it, dude. Like, I just, I love the book of Jack. Like, it's like so much to the point, like, uh, for those of you who don't know, me and my wife found out we were pregnant a couple months ago, uh, and a couple weeks ago, we actually found out that it was going to be a boy. Uh, and for forever, which we ended up deciding against it, we ended up deciding that his name was going to be Rocker Hayes. Uh, but, which for some of you is probably going to sound insane, but for down here in the South, uh, goes perfect. But, <laughs> but for, it's a pretty for, southern name. For, it's a very it's southern like, name. Rocker Hayes, are you from Texas or Tennessee? <laughs> it's like, one of two. <laughs> but no, for, for a while, we kicked around the idea of, I, I thought I really wanted to name uh, my kid James, or yeah. even have the middle name of James, because I w- I just love, love that book the book Bible. of James. Yeah. So I mean, and, and when I think of real faith, James wrote so practically. But I mean, think about this: this to, to steal from Andy Stanley, I've heard Andy Stanley say a ton of times, "What would it take for you growing up to be convinced that your brother was God?" <laughs> it's like. Yeah, you when you literally read in the gospels, his own siblings, his brothers and sisters. For those of you who have siblings, were brothers, not convinced. Would understand that. that would, you would understand that. They thing. were not convinced. They thought he was insane yeah. or possessed. Oh yeah. And so, and then James does this complete one eighty, where he goes from being a part of this this group of family who doesn't believe in the mission <laughs> of Jesus is just like, oh, here he goes again, to my older of God. my older brother is God. He is the son and of he God. is my yeah. savior and Lord, and so he gives just so so much practicality to what he talks about. That's awesome. And and for me, my thing is is like, real faith is not just oh I get into heaven. Absolutely not. Absolutely real faith not. is heaven gets into me. Mm-hmm. The presence I've always, of I've always, God I've inside of me. The, the saying of uh, it's not just what Jesus is saving us from; it's what Jesus is saving us to. And absolutely. Absolutely, and so I look at James, you know, like in James 2, and he starts talking about this idea of real faith, Mm -hmm. of, okay, well, you show me your faith without works, and let me know how that's working for you, (laughs) to kind of paraphrase. He says, you know, what good is it if somebody doesn't have clothes, and they lack daily food? And you just tell him, hey, like if, if Caleb comes to me come in, in, in a time of need and he says, hey, you know, we're struggling to make, make ends meet. We're struggling with bills. We're struggling with this and that. I'm not sure I'm going to have food for my family. And I'm supposed to be this great Christian. And, and I, I literally say, hey, you know what, Caleb, bud, I hope you get that figured out. You go in peace. You stay warm. You, I hope you find some food. You be well fed. You know, see ya. What good is it? What good is my faith to Caleb in that moment? He's, and James says in the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. Right. And so I remember preaching that sermon, and um, I don't know, maybe connected with somebody, at least connected with me, um, which is kind of the fun part of preaching, is that you, you end up getting like raked over the coals first before mm-hmm. anybody else does. <laughs> but I remember that idea, the whole point was, real faith produces real works. Right. It's evidence. It's evidence. It's evidence. Works is evidence of your faith. And so when mm-hmm. I think about real faith, I think about real life. Okay, you know, you, you're married now. You got a kid on the way. You know, when my wife is driving me crazy, right, if my faith doesn't speak to that, how real is my faith? Exactly right. You know, when I, when I get laid off at work, if my faith doesn't speak to that, how real is my faith? Right. It's, it's again, your, your actions, your reactions to, it's your reactions to circumstances, but it's also your actions 
uh, towards, you know, circumstances that have yet to come, you know. Um, I had, I had had a, uh, we had, the other day we had seen, uh, out of Galatians, uh, five, you know, and it talks about the, the spirit and the fruit of the spirit and which is, this is always something that has, uh, really been a, it's, it's always been something that, cause I, I've always had an interest in the fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like, how do I incorporate? Cause there's, it's like, it's not like laws or like really rules, but it's like these, like a set of like guidelines of like, here is how, cause this is, this is the fruits of the spirit. And which obviously when you're saved, like the spirit which lives within you, uh, those fruits of the spirit also should live within you. Right. You know? And there should be evidence. Well, of right. It's fruits. like the evidence. If I, if I plant a tree and I keep saying, Hey, this is an apple tree. This is an apple tree. No, really, guys. This is an apple tree, <laughs> and I never get any apples from it. Like it, it's it, that's, like that's the whole point of it. And so it's like if you're really being a, a true follower of Jesus, if that is what you're calling yourself as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, there should be evidence from it that the Holy Spirit is working out in you. Right, right, and that's the the Holy. I think the, I think the Holy Spirit is the key to understanding because I know that there's a big uh, misconception and there's just debates and arguments about, oh, well, works don't get you saved, or works will save you, or you got to do good, and you got, you know, whatever it may be. But I think that the ultimate player that can come to uh, in that fight and, and prove uh, that it not only, it takes both, which because the Bible already tells us that anyways, but if you need more evidence than that, I think the Holy Spirit is the perfect person to look at. Um, you know, because we don't, whenever the Holy Spirit enters us, it is not the works that we do, it's the work of the Holy Spirit that has entered you. Uh, it's not through our own works, but it's through the works of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ and the works mm-hmm. that He did on the cross being portrayed through you every single day through your actions and through your characteristics, your characteristics, your behaviors, uh, your words. I mean, everything that you do brings you back to the cross. Uh, because when Jesus, yeah, it's the work that Jesus did on the cross that brought us the Holy Spirit that lives within us, that it is 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 in us every single day that you know that brings us to where we are that that brings us to a point of being able to now we take we take actions that that anybody could do Mm -hmm. i mean anybody can feed the poor yeah you don't have to be a jesus follower to feed the poor or to do good works right but you take that and now it's the idea of i do this from a from a different point of desire that my heart has been changed. My desires are changed by the Spirit inside of me. Right. And you take the Spirit now working out those things in you so that now it can have an eternal impact. Mm-hmm. Not just, oh, I fed somebody and they were better off for a little bit. I fed somebody and it, it gives me an opportunity to have an impact on their eternity. It gives them life just as much as what God gave you life. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what, that is the, the overflow of how it works. And which... In my own opinion, in my own opinion, opinion, I think, I think it kind of all boils down to a reality problem, uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, I mean, the definition of reality uh, is the world or the state of things as they actually exist, as opposed to an idealistic or no- notional idea um, of them. 
So, I mean, could it be that if we weren't showing the evidence of our faith, then it could be because we haven't truly accepted the reality that Jesus was real? Uh, and which I talked to my guys about this. I, when I refer to my guys, I got a group, like a Bible study group guys mm-hmm. that um, I come into contact with and we try to do things uh, every now and then. On occasion, I'm on part a, of that group. Uh, um, family we, life kind of prevents it regularly, but... <laughs> But we try, you know, and we try. So we meet up. We try to meet up outside of church, you know, and, and we're just there for each other, trying to encourage each other. Uh, walking together in real life. Walking together in real life. <laughs> but I, I'm all the time telling them this thing about faith. And, like, just the other day, uh, I had kind of talked about this idea of, you know, what is, you know, our reality of Jesus. Because it really all started when I watched the movie The Case for Christ. Mm, uh, which I don't yeah. know if you have seen that awesome movie. Highly Based on the book by Lee Strobel. Yeah, and, and his, uh, he was trying to prove Christianity wrong and ended up proving it to be to be real. I mean, yeah. there just wasn't hot enough evidence. Shot, hot shot investigative reporter sets out to absolutely prove that the Gospels are wrong. Right, yeah. That Jesus was just a normal man. There's so much evidence in it, because I was watching that movie, which I already knew all this stuff. I already knew all the evidence, but having that refresher of the evidence just rekindled such a flame uh, within me, which, you know, the fire was already there, I was already on fire, but, like, just seeing the evidence of the reality of the Jesus who lived, who was the Son of God, who died and was buried and rose again, and having the uh, the facts to prove, like, he actually died, mm-hmm. he was buried, we have eyewitnesses that he was buried, and we have over hundreds of witnesses that you know, claim to have seen him after his resurrection. Yes. When you go through all this evidence of seeing that, it's like it, it sparks something in you that, like, I already knew this. I was already saved. But just, like, having the realization and just that extra assurance of just, like, man, like, Jesus, Jesus is alive. Yeah. It makes you on fire and want to do something in his name. I mean, it just sets you on fire for him. And I was talking to my guys. I was like, how could you, how could you see this? How could you see the evidence of God and not it not produce something out of you. Uh, and so I think it comes down to a reality problem is... Yeah, and, well, and let me say this, you know, if, you, if, if you're on the fence, if you're struggling, if, you, if you've stumbled upon our podcast or if you know us personally and you're just, you're, you're on that fence and you're thinking, man, is my faith real? Is God real? You know, I, I'm, I'm coming and I got some issues with this. You know, I've always, I've always bought into evolution or millions of years or, or of, of the age of the earth and this and that and an evolutionary perspective. And it's like, I just don't know that I can leave some of those things at the door and come in and believe in this God. You start with the resurrection. Everything starts with the resurrection. This was the, the punctuation. This is the exclamation mark on everything that Jesus said and did was the fact that he rose from the dead. And that's why... I believe what he said. Right. I don't. I don't believe what Jesus said. I don't believe the things that I read in Genesis or any other part of the Old Testament just simply because somebody said, "Hey, this is the Bible." Right. That oh, this is Scripture. This is the Bible. It says that you should believe it. I, I believe it because the resurrection is well attested. Because the resurrection is overwhelmingly true. Okay. And when somebody can call their own shot. <laughs> That hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna die. They're gonna kill me. I'm gonna come back from life you know, from the dead back to life, and then they pull it off. I'm gonna go with what he right. says. Let's uh, let's take a break real quick. Uh, but back to it being a reality problem. I mean, I, I I think that it's impossible to not see the existence and the proof that God is real and that God uh, was here and He died and He came back and He is alive. Today, he's sitting at the right hand of God, and he has sent his mediator and his counselor and his healer to come and speak for him in our lives. 
I think it is impossible uh, to to be a Christian and to not see these things that are happening. Because and which I say it all boils down to a reality problem. But, but what I mean by that is a belief issue. Because mm-hmm. if you know, I've always said that if you truly believe something, it's not just a okay. Well, I believe this to be true. It's a oh okay. I'm willing to bet my life on it. This is I believe it so much that it changes who I am. That it like this is the direction I'm heading because I believe it is so real. And so yeah, I'm, that's yeah. why I say it's a reality problem because whenever, because we believe that it's true, but whenever we see this evidence, it should spark a fire in us. And when we see the evidence of it, we get super on fire for God. And we start going out and we start doing these things and do these great things. But then we get distracted by the yes, things that's the of thing. this world. <clears throat> Is how central, how, how, how strongly do you believe something? Right. Like, I, there's a lot of things I that if you just point blank ask me, hey, do you believe this? Oh, yeah, I believe that. You know, could could this hurt me? Could this do that? Could this, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? But how much do I believe? It, until it reaches a point where it influences my actions and my thoughts, I'm not holding to that belief very deeply. Right, yeah. Well, because I mean, it's going to stick with you. And that's why I say that it's, it's a reality problem is because whenever... Whenever it seems, it seems, it just to me, it seems like every single time that the fire fades, it's due to you know our focus being off of Jesus, uh, you know, and the reality of his existence that is in our life on a daily basis. I mean, we put our focus uh, on the world and the reality that the world has created for us to believe Mm -hmm. about success and money and fame, uh, finding the perfect job, finding the perfect career, finding love, and all this stuff that the world says that you have to focus on in order to achieve or success or in order to go anywhere in life. I mean, that's, that's the persona that the world puts on for Christians to believe. And whenever it's easy, because it's, it's, it's hard to be like, oh, okay, well, you're just, it's a reality problem. But whenever you put it in perspective of, okay, well, it comes in sheep's clothing. I mean, it's not just a up and dry, somebody saying, oh, well, God doesn't exist. You know, we're beyond that nowadays. Nowadays, it's the devil has come to distract you from mm-hmm. the reality that Jesus is real. I mean, because yeah. there's so much yeah. evidence that backs it today. You know, I mean, it's, it's, which obviously, I mean, hardly anybody even argues that Jesus was a real person. We know he was a real oh, person. Oh, right. Nobody argues that. You know, I mean, I, I think about different articles I've read recently. You know, I've watched the news more this year than I ever have, really, which is probably not the smartest move for your <laughs> well, mental health. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's like a train wreck. You know, you can't take your eyes off of it even though you want to. You know, I think about, um, you know, like, uh, the CNN anchor, um, oh, help me here, Don Lemon, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, that's Yeah, you know, job. Don Lemon, you know, and, and he is, um, I remember watching a clip, and this was not too long ago, a few weeks back, um, or it could be a month or two, I don't know, it's 2020, nothing lines up for me time-wise, uh, but Don Lemon was on CNN, and he was talking about, basically, that Jesus wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and nobody, and there was just so many people there talking back and forth with them in the in the whatever they were doing on the news there's just people watching it and everything and nobody ever thought anything about it mm-hmm. you know because one people did believe that most people believe obviously that he there was a real historical he was there, person, yeah. I mean, Jesus, person yeah. but that he was just a man yeah and okay. so that he was therefore imperfect right okay right and so you know you, you get all these news anchors you're talking about these people trying to paint this reality for us to buy into and it's like, okay, if you want to play ball with us, if you want to be a part of our world, if you want to be a part of American society, you need to tone it down. Like, yeah, yeah, it's okay to be a person of faith, but but don't let it be too real. 
don't let it get out too far outside of Sunday right. or we're going to have issues. Right. Don't let it affect your actions. The thing, this is exactly what we've been talking about is don't let it, it's okay when it's a, okay, well this is just a, this is a way for me to get through better. But just act, being from a small town, you know, I've actually heard a lot of people, I've talked to people, uh, kids my age that have actually told me that, uh, well, I just go to church to feel better, you know, I mean, whenever, you know, something goes wrong in my life, which, don't get me wrong, is good, I mean, the church is when not, Caleb, when Caleb says kids, he's like, what, 22 now, so, I mean, yeah, I'm you know, so. you get what I'm sort saying, of like, a kid, but sort of not, so, <laughs> but, well, actually, I say that, but I'm, I'm friends with a lot of younger people, too, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I'm, but, well, I teach high you school, you mean, so, I'm like, I'm around teenagers all the time, so, exactly, yeah. and so, which, a lot of them I'll talk to, are like, oh, yeah, I just go, I just go to church, you know, whenever I feel bad, and, which, Agreed. The church is a hospital for the broken, you know, which Absolutely. I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Is like, why are we so consumed with making sure Showing we, up and looking we have like our tuxedos together? exactly how they need to be, and it's like somebody comes in with a baseball cap and like the whole church turns around and they're like, <gasps> he's wearing a baseball cap in church. Like, like he's here. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's great, you know I mean? And so... It, to to get beyond that, it's just they feel as if it's just a well. I feel bad about some of the things I'm doing, so I'm gonna go to church because it makes me feel better. Not that it changes the things that I'm doing, but it makes me right. feel better. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't change me. It's just it's it's a short fix. It's a it's almost as much modern psychology as it is actually trying to connect with God. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it is literally a uh, more or less. A, a therapy session, but yeah, like a chill, like a bad one, like because like <laughs> the the Holy Spirit, you know, He is our therapist, He is our counselor, you know, and He does guide us. But it's like whenever you use the church building itself, because you know we are the church, obviously, yes. and the Holy Spirit counsels. Oh, just wait, we're gonna do a whole episode. So, <laughs> we'll do something about this later. The Holy Spirit counsels in <laughs> so many different ways through our life, but it's like it is not in prison and just that building like that building is not the only place that you come to get healing i mean right but that that's how that's how people live and and that and that's the whole that's the whole spirit of the podcast is that it, it's real faith meaning real life meaning it happens not on sunday exactly i mean it's it, it goes monday through through saturday this is going to impact what you do i mean i think about um you know uh what is his name? Chris Cuomo, the other CNN anchor. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. He was complaining about Amy Coney Barrett. You know, now I know just saying that name is going to get somebody riled up <laughs> because all of a sudden <laughs> we've jumped into something political. But it, it's okay. Um, so basically, I mean, the election is tonight, the election so. is tomorrow. tomorrow, tomorrow so um, yes, today this is being recorded <laughs> on November second, the day before election night. So um, we didn't want to record on election night. Although who knows? Maybe we'll record. Another episode. We're going to do live coverage of the presidential debate. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know he was talking about Amy Coney Barrett, and uh, you know you see you've seen that on the in the news media and everything about a, a couple years ago um, when she was appointed to whatever it was that she did before mm-hmm. Trump wanted to appoint her to the Supreme Court, right. and they were talking about the, the famous line, you know, the, the dogma lives loudly within you. You know, talking about this the cat the Catholic dog, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the Catholic, like, right, yeah. you know, and I'm like, we don't. Now you gotta understand, we go to a Southern Baptist church, so we don't exactly have anything we call dogma. <laughs> but 
I'm pretty sure half our people wouldn't even know what the word dogma means. It's like dogma. It's like, get that like, dog out of our church. What? What are you talking about a dog? Where's a dog? I have seen one in our church building before. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. You know, but it's like, I would hope that somebody would look at my life and be like, you know what, man? Your Christian principles live a little loudly within you. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. They mean it as an insult, and I'm looking, I'm like, okay, that's that's the goal. That's where real faith meets real life, is the fact that somebody would look at me and say, your faith is, is a, a bit loud in you. Right. You know, and basically his thing was... That would be crazy to have somebody... She was not an ordinary Catholic. Oh, saying that she was... Yeah. Overly... Yes, that Amy Coney Barrett was not an ordinary Catholic, and so... An article they they raised the question: What does it mean to be an ordinary, a quote unquote ordinary Catholic or a quote unquote ordinary Christian? Mm -hmm. Right? You know how how is faith different from moral positions? Hmm. Because if you can be like, oh yeah, I'm a person of which he did in this in the, whatever this news segment was, he was basically yeah, like yeah. he's like I'm, I'm a person of faith, I'm a Christian, blah blah whatever. If you can separate and divorce your so called faith. From your moral positions and and bedrock principles that do obviously come up when you discuss politics and things, mm -hmm. what kind of faith is that? I think that's like that's the anti definition of what we're getting at here in this entire podcast is that if your faith can be completely separated from your moral positions, that's not real it's faith. not even faith. Yeah, that's it's not, not real faith. Real. You know, it's like why would you know it, it's not a real relationship with somebody if if I say oh yeah. I follow this person. I really like them, but I'm not going to listen to anything they say. Well, and you put put that into layman's term too. I mean, this is we ain't talking about just because these people. I'm not saying that I understand, but I'm saying like the pressure is on them. The world is watching mm -hmm. them. Okay, but like it applies the same to them as it would you. As in a okay, well, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. Uh, but whenever I go to work on Monday, right, yeah, keep going, get, go, go I, on, whenever, bring it, bring it home. Whenever I go to work on Monday, you know, I, I got a little different skin I'm going to put on because mm -hmm. I don't want to be too Christian for them. Like, man, that Sunday service was fire. I'm like on fire for God, but it's like, can we like bring that outside of the eight to five, you know? Like, which for some people, would even even if they just did it Monday through Thursday after hours, that would be better. <laughs> that would be better than what's so currently happening. And, and, so and again, not to be offensive to anybody, but I've been there. I gone through, I've gone through the motions before. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it happens. It's easy to fall into that funk and everything, and it becomes easy just, okay, well, I'm still being faithful because I'm still going and sitting and listening on Sunday. Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't matter the rest of the week just because life Which, gets hard. Something, something that I had learned personally with, you know, because I would go to work. I work an eight, eight to five job, you know, your, your regular, you know, blue collar job. When I go into work, uh, something that I had realized that spoke to me is I thought, you know, once I had gotten saved and once I had. Uh, made my, which, you know, because I got saved when I was six years old and you know, I've been raised in church, but there came a point in my life where I realized that I wasn't producing fruit. I realized mm -hmm. that my evidence of my faith was lacking extremely. Talking about bringing it outside of church, doing, yeah. you know, doing, doing more. Which, and, but to bring it back, whenever I went to work, whenever I got into that group, like, you know, I, I want to do more for God. Like, I, I don't deserve the grace that he has given me. I don't deserve the salvation that he, his blood that was shed for me. When I finally started to realize that and to put that into terms, I wanted to live right for him. Which was henceforth the 
okay, I do works for God because I'm saved, not to get Amen. saved. Amen. You're working. But, you're working from a place of gratitude. Yeah, exactly. Instead I mean, of I, trying to earn, and even something. though it's like I know there's not not that I could literally become president of the United States and like. For somehow, like I become the mm-hmm. next Billy Graham, but not for another thirteen and, years. And, <laughs> <not> for, <laughs> something like that, yeah. Thirteen years. Gotta be, be thirty-five. Thirteen years. <laughs> I can become the next president of the United States, and I could like become the next Billy Graham and just bring a million people to the Lord. And it 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 doesn't matter if that is not. What I'm trying to say is back to when I when well, I go let me to, put it this way that. that God as a parent, as a father, is going to enjoy his son Caleb as much with Caleb going to work right. and simply living out his faith right there. As he's, he enjoys Caleb just as much as he does as he did Billy Graham when Billy Graham was exactly. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. And but my my point for bringing up the whole work thing is is when I did have that change in my life and I wanted to start producing fruit, it was it came from a place of. I would go to work and, you know, like the guys would be, and there's nothing wrong, the guys I work with, you know, they're great and they're good guys, but, you know, we all fall and we all stumble. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. easy every now and then to, you know, because we're at work and we get, you know, bored or we get slow or whatever the case may happen. And, like, somebody will pop off a joke or, you know, a dirty joke mm-hmm. or, you know, just whatever, something, somebody's on their phone. It's real life. And something, it's real life. It's so real something life. pops up, you know, and they're like, oh, God, you know, look at this, watch this, or whatever. And which, as far as I know, you know, all the guys there, you know, claim to be Christian, you know. But, I mean, it's easy to fall into that. Whenever I decided, hey, I want to do more than that, I thought, okay, well, instead of going over there and looking at what they're trying to show me, I'm just not going to look at it. Or instead of and not, instead of just saying, ah, well, I'm not going to, you know, join in on the dirty joke, telling stuff like that today. I'm just going to set it out. I thought that was good enough. Uh, and it seemed like God revealed to me over time I want you to do more than that. Like I don't. I want you to do mm-hmm. more than just shy away. I want you to go over there. That's your fellow brother and Christ, uh, brother and sister in Christ over mm-hmm. there. Go over there and be like, hey guys, like lift each other up. Hey guys, not in a judgmental way, but right. you know, hey guys, like we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, like, not in a preachy way or anything. But but what Paul talked about. He's like, look, when I wrote, I think this was in his letter to the Corinth, one of his letters to the Corinthians. He's like, hey guys, you know, when I wrote to you about not hanging out with people who are super sexually immoral and all this, and he's like. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking about your fellow Christians. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I was telling you, don't hang out with somebody who claims the name of brother in Christ and then goes and lives however they want. Exactly. I yeah. wasn't talking about the world. Like, I wasn't talking about other people who aren't Christians. And that's what I'm, He said, I'm, otherwise, you would have to completely be out of the world. And that's what you're saying. That's exactly. what you're getting at. I, I can't be in a bubble. I didn't never want to shy away from the sin that was happening in front of my eyes. I wanted to go and to help other Christians because mm-hmm. I was there. Yeah, you know, and that's what it's all about. Is I was there, I was where you are, and that's why I always say, you know, the the best tool that God gives you to advance the gospel is the story of your own life. Oh yeah, yeah, I think that you know, oh, yeah. personally, every and I struggled time, with that. Like, like when I was in high school, I, I was always the one that was gonna be like, I was far more likely to like shy away from that group. Mm-hmm. that's doing things that like I know are wrong right. than to step in and be like, oh yeah, that's uh, pretty tempting to look at, but you know that, that's that's gonna hurt you in the end. Right. I mean that wasn't in my nature. That wasn't in my my typical personality. Yeah. and that's a that is a work of the spirit mm-hmm. to be changed to get to a point to get to a place where you're like, oh man, like, hey, t- I understand why you wanted to look at that, but you know what? That's 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 gonna hurt you, man. Or or oh, that's not very honoring to your wife or whatever the right. case may yeah. be. You know what I mean? And and, and kind of in a winsome way, 
you know, build that camaraderie and, 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 and like you said, try to pull people up. Exactly. And, that, and that's what it is. I mean, that's what that is, which that's another fruit of the, yeah, that's another uh, uh, fruit of, uh, of the spirit. You know I mean? It's just, we, we lift each other up. We do more than just, we turn the other cheek, we shy away from sin, but it's, it, it's more than that. It's let's get active and, and cause that's what, you know, I, they, everybody says, Nobody has to teach you sin. You know, sin mm-hmm. is here. Okay, nobody has to teach a baby sin. And so when Christians do nothing, sin advances. Oh, yeah. You know, and so it's when Christians oh, yeah. do nothing, whenever I say, so another plug, I'm just going to worry about Christians, me. go go vote. Okay, go vote your principles if you haven't voted already. Tomorrow, go vote, please. Go vote. Because I, it's I love when, how I said that. This won't air before the election, but you know, whatever. But it's still, <laughs> it's, it's the concept. I mean, next election, whatever, next election, whatever right. the case may be. Christians, and I'm not even trying to get put, it, it your Christianity should go over into your politics. I mean, that's just, I'm going to yes. leave that at that. You know, we're not going to get into it. I'm going to leave it at that. That's oh, a, yeah, we're not going to discuss another specifics of it. But, but, but yes, it, if, if it's real faith, it meets real life. It meets real every life. aspect. And that counts as your vote, who you put in the Senate and the House and whatever. That It, it applies to that. And so it's it's real life. I mean, that's, that's real that's faith. Saying. That's where that's, that's why we, we love the tagline. Exactly. Well, well, as I was saying, uh, you know, I got... I believe that, you know, because we, we've been really... I don't, we, I don't know if we've actually read the verse, but we've referenced uh, Galatians 5 a lot today. Yeah, specifically 5, 5.22, right? Uh, right? Yeah, actually 5.22. That's 522. Like, that is exactly what I had written down there. So, I mean, and which we we're on the same wavelength. We didn't even plan that, like, just to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, we just kind of was like, hey, you know, we're going to go with the... Uh, yeah. Well, and that's, what, and that's what I love about the, about the New Testament is, like, you, you read Paul, you read James... Uh, you know, you you read what Peter wrote and all these things, and, and they're all fleshing out that same thing that Jesus told the disciples. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at the at the Passover meal, we call it the Last Supper. You know, at that Passover meal, he ate with me. He says, "I'm gonna give you a new commandment," which was like, "Uh oh, hold up, like wait a minute." You're telling me you're adding to the ten? Who's adding to the ten? Who's adding to the you know the what is it six hundred something? <laughs> Statutes, ordinances, you know, commandments, everything in the all laws. Like you can't, nobody, nobody messes with Moses. You can't do that, you know. And so that's a big no-no. And he's he's you know looking at him at this meal. He's like, okay, a new commandment I'm going to give to you. He's like, mind blown. Wait a minute, just one? There's only one. This is interesting. I want you to love other people. What? The way that I have loved you. And it's like, oh, okay, Jesus. Well, that sounds nice. And they didn't get it. Right? They didn't get it until a few days later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When their friend, when they were fully realized, oh my goodness, this, this man we've been following, we've given our, our lives to for the last three years. They were like, this is love. Oh, this this man is, is love. He is he the is epitome. Love. He is the image of love. He is the image of the invisible God. And so everything else that they flesh out in the New Testament that they all write about. I'm going to start a petition. Is it new? We should start it's a petition just, between all Christians to sign a to, to sign a petition that in the Webster Dictionary, under love, we're just going <laughs> to, like, Jesus and, like, a picture of him, like, what we think that he yeah, looks like. Yeah, Jesus. Well, I mean, you know, Webster changes <laughs> definitions apparently on the fly these days, so, but, you know, that's a whole other thing we'll get into another time. You know, but, uh, and that's the whole thing. So when James is writing what he writes about, Faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. 
he's what he what he's getting at is if you don't love people the way that Jesus loves, if that is not being worked out in you, mm, I'm not so sure you have real. You're faith. missing the point. You're missing the whole point. When Paul writes what Caleb's about to read to you here from Galatians, what he wrote to the churches there in that area, you know. It's not Paul is not giving new commands. Paul is not giving new things to do. It's a fleshing out. It's an explanation of love like Jesus did. Right. And and that's which in Galatians uh, twenty two is really where it starts. If you back up, you you know you go on to nineteen. It says now the works of the flesh are obvious: sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of angles, anger. Selfishness, desertion, goes through this whole list of you know envy and drunkenness. This whole list of bad things. And, you know, I look at it. I'm like, well, I don't really struggle with a lot of those. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. But then the next list is where right. it gets. And, me. Look, and let's be honest, okay? Now, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason sometimes, okay? But I realize the stereotypes are often wrong. But you gotta understand, we live in the South. Mm-hmm. If you find just your average Southerner. There are many things on that list that they may not struggle with. I'd say a lot of them. There's a stereotype of Southern hospitality for a reason. We're good people. Now, I feel like we are beginning to, that is beginning to erode. It is. It's fading. It's fading. (laughs) But, you know, but but the average people that we meet, if we were to rattle off this list, they're going to be like, I'm good. I ain't got no problem with that. I got nothing to worry about. Nope, I'm good. So I'm saved, bro. (laughs) Right, and, and, and he's not wrong. That's the issue that we run into. Yeah, but my but my point with that, it, which actually kind of goes back to the whole, because I'm looking at these, I'm reading it, I'm like, I don't really have a lot of problem with with these. It's not about what you don't do or what you don't got a problem with. It's about what you. It's about the things that you're supposed to be doing that you're not doing. Which that gets us into the, the next list that says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self control. And against such things there is no law. Them babies are the ones I got problems with. <laughs> yeah. Well, because when you start looking at it and you realize, okay, the Spirit should be working out kindness and patience in me. Okay? And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, holy cow. You know, Paul didn't list impatience in the list of sins, but he did say that patience was a fruit of the Spirit. When you realize that you are lacking in that, that reveals something sinful in you. But the thing, the thing that really, which, and this, I wanted to make that point because we kind of already touched that, touched on that subject, you know, earlier in, in, in the podcast, but the thing that I really wanted to point out is I'm reading through these and we, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith. We get to faith as a, as a fruit of the Spirit, and which, as we already know, whenever you have the fruit of the Spirit, whenever you're saved, the Spirit enters within you. The Holy Spirit enters into your life, and He's a mediator, and He's a counselor, and He's a guidance, a guidance to you. And so these things should be broadcasted throughout your life. And so these are actually, even though faith is in this list of description, these are actually also evidences of the faith that you already portray. Because mm-hmm. it, whenever you experience these things, this is signs of the Spirit that, which if you're saved, lives within you. Yeah. And so these are going to be portrayed outwardly into you. But the thing that really caught my attention that I thought was cool is that, that even though like this is evidence, this is proof of our faith, faith is still included in this list. And I just think that it's it's cool that God reminds us that faithfulness is a character of faith. You know, because oftentimes mm-hmm. we forget the part 
You know, we think, okay, well, I have faith in God, but we forget the part well, that, when faithfulness doesn't just include uh, you know, loving God and going to church and all that sort of thing, it actually includes faithfulness being faithful in and of itself. You know, because whenever we think of faith, faith actually implies that there's a problem and you believe that you or somebody or something will help you get through that problem. Faith implies that there is an object or a situation in your way and you believe in something or somebody's ability to help you over- overcome the obstacle. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. for example, you know, we put our faith in a bridge. Whenever I cross this bridge, I say, I put my faith in this bridge to hold me up. There was bad traffic on 75 the other day. And where did we get stuck? On the bridge. (laughs) On the bridge. And I was like, oh, this is a lot of weight. (laughs) I hope you're just sitting still on this bridge. your faith in that bridge. And so I did have a moment. And and I'm not a typically worrisome person, but I had a moment like, oh, this is a little little nerve-wracking here. Like, I want to... Exactly. I, I hit the brakes and avoided the bridge for as long as I possibly could without the semi behind me running me over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I tried to speed across it because I'm like, I don't want to be stuck sitting on a bridge. Exactly. You put your faith in. Same thing in, I mean, in a car. Whenever you get in a car, you have faith. I have faith start. that when they bring you where you go. Somebody pulls out in front of me, I'm going to hit and the brakes and they're going to work. Exactly. The brakes are going to work. You have faith. It's a big one. And doctors, whenever you're mm-hmm. on the, whenever you got to have a or surgery. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. <laughs> but if, if you're going in there, I mean, I hope so. It's going to make you feel a lot better yeah. about it. But, you know, I tell myself, like, you know, I just got to have faith that this doctor, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's going to get me through the surgery. But, and you, know what, go but you know what that is, right? It's a track record. Oh, exactly. Yeah, right. He has the degree because he went to medical school and he did a residency. And he had, you know, especially if you go to somebody that is a well-known good doctor, there is a proven track record. And that is the whole idea of if real faith should produce through the Spirit, he's going to produce in you faithfulness. Right. Because of his proven track record of being faithful. But each, each one of those things implies... A problem. Like you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Like faith implies implies there is there's an object or a problem in your mm-hmm. way that you yourself cannot. So you have to put you have to put your belief, your faith in something. Oh yeah. Like that's the whole. Like faith is literally its whole implication is that there's something that you can. Oh yeah. There's something wrong. Yeah. There's something. There's a problem. There's something you can't get over by yourself. Absolutely. It and the biggest version or, or, of this, or at least you know at least somewhere in your mind there's a potential that like. Something may not be true in the future. Exactly, and that's what good. That's what I was getting to. Is that the the biggest version of this? You have faith in, in bridges and cars and doctors, in life. Okay, we have situations. We have problems. Life itself is coming to the realization that you cannot go through life alone, and the only way to make it through this life and on to the next is by putting your faith in God's hands. Mm-hmm. It's cre- It's it's there's problem. There's situation. Here is this thing called life. That while I'm in it, I struggle. It's hard. I, I don't want to do it by myself. I can't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to make this walk alone. Then you even have the greater of the eternity, life yeah. eternal. Well, said, it, yeah, so life itself is hard enough. And I love, I'll love. i get to it in just a minute how Paul put it. But life itself is hard enough. But, man, what about when you die? You know, Again, if you're listening, one, we're, we're so glad you tuned in to episode one. You know, but what happens when you die? Mm-hmm. What happens when I die? You know, and I think a lot of people got hit with that this year with the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Right? And we're looking at, oh, man, like, this is new. It's scary. And there legitimately are people dying from it. 
Again, we're not going to get into all of that right now, but th- people were hit with that, with this reality what of, holy cow, we are mortal. Like, we don't live we forever. To die. You know, death is batting a thousand, I like to say. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Um, and so, uh, for the average person, death is batting a thousand. And, you know, there was that whole thing with Jesus, but whatever. So, um, <laughs> but, so what happens? That's the big question of faith. The biggest. But that's where, in this podcast and in future episodes, we want to say, okay, well, well not just for your eternity, mm-hmm. but also for this life. Mm-hmm. But Paul put it this way. Um, he told him, he said, all right, listen up, guys. If there is no resurrection from the dead for anybody, then even Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead. Exactly, yeah. And he said, if Jesus didn't come back from the dead, Christians ought to be pitied above everybody. Oh, yeah. Because if our faith is only going to impact what we do here in this world, in this life... Pointless. It's pointless. Now, now, that is not to say that real faith is not going to impact real life and make Mm -hmm. a difference and help you walk through it. Because that's, again, the whole point of the podcast. But you are going to have troubles still. Mm -hmm. You're going to have struggles. And And that's where your faith comes in. And if you've come to faith in Jesus... And if you came to faith in God thinking that if you were sold this bill of goods thinking that you were going to have the perfect life, that it was going to be pain-free, that all of a sudden problems would be fixed, your relationships would instantly be better, and you were going to start making $20,000 more a year, you were you were sold a bill of lies. Well, and that's, which I did, you know, Sunday was just the other day, and I teach a college and career class at church, and that's what I had taught over, and one of my, one of my biggest uh, things there was, you know, basically just how fear controls us. You know, it was Halloween, so I'm kind of doing a segment on fear, you know, and being mm-hmm. scared, uh, and how fear can control us in these life situations, and how we as humans and as Christians, we tend to put our things that we think that we need here on earth before God. You know, I mean, I've got a lot of friends who are I'm busy right now, I'm working 12 hours a day, I ain't got time, you know, like, I love God and I want to do right, but I'm just, I'm busy, and I got this career I'm trying to get towards, mm-hmm. I'm trying to graduate college, there's nothing wrong, all that's great, and it's important, but then they find themselves, and like, you know, I just don't know what to do now, I don't know which way to go, and I'm like, stop working so hard to try to gain this career advantage or this college advantage or whatever course you're trying to go in life. Yep. Stop working so hard at it and denying your... And saying, okay, well, I'll get right with God later. Yep. Get right with yep. God then, and God is going to delete, lead you in the exact path you well, need to like go. It's like everybody that self-medicates, and we all do it with something. We all do it with something. But when, you know, when you're self-medicating with a pack of cigarettes a day and, and you know four or five beers a day and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden you turn around and a couple of years later, you're in a major health crisis. Mm-hmm. But you've been saying all along, oh, I'm going to start exercising. Oh, I'm going to start eating right. Oh, I'm going to quit doing this. Oh, I'm going to quit doing that. I'll take care of myself later when I make it through whatever I'm trying to make it through right now. It's like, okay, well, at that point, you, right. you are acting out of real faith that the things you were right. doing were going to cause problems. Right. And when it when it comes to real faith, whenever that real faith is already manifested inside of you, that's why the Bible tells us not to have fear, not to have anxiety, and not to worry about the things of this world. Because if we have the fruit of faithfulness, faithfulness within us, then we understand mm-hmm. that the power to overcome these things in life doesn't come from within us. It comes from... From God and this, you know, we're running out of time. I'm gonna go ahead and end on this. This is the last thing I want to say because this is the this is the biggest. Uh, it's not a 
you know, a parable, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus did parables. I guess it's just a picture of what faith looks like. You know, I heard somebody say one time uh, that the ultimate test of faith is, and what happened with Jesus and our salvation is two canyons that are spread apart. And there's mm-hmm. a tightrope across those t- canyons. Okay, and somebody's on the other side and you're stuck on the other side. But you need to get to that other side in order to live. Otherwise, you're dying over here. You're starving. You've been there for weeks. You have to get to the other side. There's civilization on the other side. And you have to cross this top rope to get it. But you can't cross that top rope. There's no way. You're dying if you do. You can't cross that top rope. So somebody on the other side, you holler over at them and you yell at them. You say, come get me. Come get me. I need need help. I need all the help over here. So they run away and they grab a wheelbarrow. And they walk across that top rope with a wheelbarrow. And they get all the way across. They say, okay, get in. I'll carry you to the other side. I believe in my mind. And I know with my eyes, I just seen them cross that top rope. Yep. But do I have a faith to get in that wheelbarrow and let him carry me back across? Mm-hmm. And that's you know, our, our conception with Jesus. Is yep. I believe Jesus did the same that he did. I believe he was the son of God. I believe he died and rose again. But do I have the faith? Yeah. To live this life and put my life in his hands. To put the steering wheel of my life in his hands. And mm-hmm. let him take the wheel to guide me back across. It goes back to Pascal's wager. You know, Blaise Pascal. And he's like, okay, well, okay, we're, I'm just going to wager this with you here. He's like, okay, well, if God is real and you don't choose him, you've, lost, you've literally lost for an eternity. You're lost for eternity. You are lost for an eternity. You're, going, you're, you're literally going to experience a second death. Right. That's going to be forever and permanent and, forever and horrible, horrible. And on the other hand, if you place your faith in Jesus and, and you take this risk and you give your life to it, one, you should be a better person for it mm-hmm. if your faith is real. Right. That's where real, real faith meets real life. Right. You should be a better person and you're going to be a happier person. And if you find out in the end that it's all just been a happy fairy tale, what have you lost? Nothing. You were a good person. You've been a better person. I was a good person. You've been happier, and you have done good for humanity. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it again, benefits you. Now again, and so just you know, so many things. We'll, we'll get to that in future episodes. But but yeah, it, it's just a matter of do I actually have faith that leads to real faith meets real life means you have real faith that leads to real action. Exactly. But. But until next time, guys, we're done here for today. So thank you guys for listening. Join in to future episodes. We're going to be putting out plenty of for you guys to watch. Uh, we're available on Spotify right now and Pocket Cast, with the, which it, Pocket Cast, which is an app. Uh, you guys can download it, listen to all kinds of playlists. Uh, in the future, we're going to be getting accepted to lots more other channels. Anchor, uh, was Anchor another one? Or something? Anchor, yeah. Anchor, Anchor. Is our, Anchor's our big one. Is Anchor. Uh, this will be going on YouTube. So if you guys want to watch this live, the... the uh, the Pocket Cast and Anchor are audio format only. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you guys just want to like click off your phone, listen to us, put it in your pocket while you're at work, you're doing whatever, tune into those apps. So there's going to be a lot more. We're going to be on iTunes and stuff like that later on once we get accepted. Uh, but as of right now, if also if you want to see us in person on video, the video format is going to be going uh, to uh, YouTube. YouTube. To YouTube, yeah. So we'll be on YouTube, Anchor, uh, Pocket Cast. A couple others are going to be coming up. Uh, Spotify, we're on Spotify already, so check out these episodes, tune in for more, make sure you click the follow and the subscribe button on YouTube, uh, so you guys can be here for whenever we drop more episodes. Thank you guys for tuning in, this is Crosswalk, where real faith meets real life.